the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. This is Mortgage Matters with Misha, your source for real estate market updates and strategies and answers to your real estate lending questions. Now, to provide you with insight and help you navigate the constantly changing world of real estate lending, here's your host, financial services expert, Misha Dimitruk. Good afternoon, Bay Area. Misha Dimitruk, Essex Mortgage Branch Manager and Senior Loan Originator, NMLS 694427, joining you, as always, to bring you the most up-to-date information on your real estate lending options, financial strategies, and just general information to help you on your way to either acquiring or expanding your real estate empire. Now, if you have questions, my phone line is always open to you, 831-435-0385. And you can email Misha, M-E-S-H-A, at EssexMortgage.com. You can also find me on Facebook or LinkedIn. We have a great show for you today. As always, reviewing with you what last week's challenge is. For those of you new to the show, we do a weekly challenge. And it's really to get calls coming in to talk about how the information I'm presenting is impacting you or providing benefit. And last week's challenge was to the potential buyers out there or the people who don't necessarily plan on moving into a home that they own just yet. And my question was, if you don't buy now, how much are you going to spend in the coming year on rent and on on expenses, things that you won't have control over, even so much as the cost of your energy bills, because you don't those aren't your appliances. You don't get to upgrade energy efficiencies. You're not able to address whether that's, so those are single pane windows. So really I wanted you to look at what's the expense that you're putting out as a person who is going to just had resigned themselves to renting because a good part of the market I've spoken to had said, you know, Misha, we're just not, we're not in the market. We're going to stay renting and we're just going to hope that nothing happens. Now, I had some great calls and I really want to thank everyone for reaching out to me because this was definitely a hot button um, issue and definitely showed me that there are a large percentage of our listeners who haven't gotten there yet. And so I'm hoping that these two callers will really bring it home for some people who are really on the fence about it. Um, Marcel called. Marcel was really sweet because he said, I can't believe you ask clients if they've ever been evicted. And I said, well, it's a valid question. Um, You know, for people who can manage their finances and who people who do in that capacity, they find themselves in a more stable position. For the people who are fearful about buying, what's the what's the challenge there? So Marcel and I talked, his rent was relatively low for the Bay Area, and he would pay just over 40000 in rent. Now, he said the place that he lives has terrible appliances 
and they've broken, they've been replaced with likewise terrible appliances um, that they don't have enough sunlight to keep some house plants and really enjoy. And so he really feels like this is just what they have to do in order to make it happen for themselves. Well, we talked at length about overcoming the fear of even applying to find out what their purchase power really is. And we discovered that he knew that he had some family members who were willing to gift funds for down payments, but that he wasn't sure that this was really the best strategy for him. We talked about other investment ideas and where he was putting his money and how he was saving. He's a very level-headed young man, and he really just needed someone to show him what worked for him and make him comfortable with his own information. So Marcel went through the process of getting pre-approved and he said, I, I didn't really understand. I think I was just afraid to even ask. I was afraid that there would be something that would not work in my favor. And I didn't, I didn't want to know. And this is oftentimes when I deal with people in their initial foyer into real estate financing, They will tell me one of two things. They haven't looked at their credit in years because they had an issue years ago and they're afraid of what it would look like, or they they look every single day because they just are so petrified that something will go wrong. And so for Marcel, it was really a matter of he was fearful of being rejected. And this is a very, very intense process and it's very emotional. It's an interesting aspect of it being a financial transaction because there's so much tied up in the concept of buying a home and you know our sense of self and our sense of freedom our sense of peace uh, you know truthfully all of these things play into that space that is your home when it's your primary residence and so in talking with Marcel we really walked through all of those emotional aspects and all of the feelings that come up or that came up that inhibited him from being able to get direct answers and Also, part of it was that it was providing documentation that he was always taught to never share with anyone. And we talked about family rules and and family conversation about money and debt and all of these things, these topics of conversation come up as we live our lives. And they're just little embedded pieces of information that become part of our belief system. And if you don't ever have a conversation with someone whose beliefs are maybe otherwise or who have different perspectives to offer, how will you ever expand? This is knowledge. And I'm here to help you gain knowledge for what's available to you. It's a private conversation. I'm, all of your information is kept securely and it's not shared. So once you figure out where you are in the real process with a formal pre-approval, then we can help craft a path for your future success. And I think for Marcel, this was really a very eye-opening experience and way more positive than I think he anticipated it being. Um, you know, he, he laughed about me being somewhat of a therapist as we walked through this, and it's real. It, it, it is really something that I have a lot of clients that tell me that we, we talk through things that they didn't anticipate talking about when it comes to finances. They thought they were going to show up with pay stubs and bank statements and tax returns. And we were just going to have a fact-based conversation about numbers. And we did, but we also had a fact-based conversation about concepts and feelings and uh, fears. And those are all real participants in your lives. And so if someone that you're talking to isn't helping you understand how to achieve your goals by talking about what's really getting in the way of you getting to that achieving point, 
I think that that's just a different level of service that I know myself and my other associates here at Essex Mortgage just absolutely believe in. And we're your ally. So Marcel, I'm, I'm so grateful for the, the call that I had with you. Now, the call I had with Avery was a little bit different because Avery is looking at spending a little under $65,000 for the year for rent. And their house is probably what they believed nicer than what they could afford in purchasing. And that was sort of their hesitation. Now, they didn't love the neighborhood. They knew that they weren't going to be able to stay there forever. And they constantly live in fear that their landlord is going to say, I'm selling. That's it. I just, you know, I want the money and I'm going to walk away. And um, there's some family dynamics of the ownership there. So absolutely, Avery was in the right place saying, I just, you know, I don't want to downgrade my quality of life. So we had the conversation about buying with a renovation loan, meaning a loan that you can capture a property and build into your financing the upgrading of a property. It doesn't always have to be resolving an issue at the property. It can just be modernizing and it doesn't have to be hugely extensive. You don't have to spend hundreds of thousands of dollars to take out a renovation loan, but that renovation loan allows you to acquire the property and make the improvements that you need in order to make that place, A, your own home, put your stamp on it, but B, comfortable for what it is that you want to do or the lifestyle that you want to live there. But we also talked about home ownership being a long-term investment strategy and that the longer that you're in a specific place, the more you become acquainted with it and the more you change your mind about what it is that you would do given certain lighting, um, certain you know temperatures in the, in the house, even depending on how the, if it's forced hot air. So we had some really funny conversation about as they've lived in that property, how they've morphed into thinking that the house, the part of the house that was their favorite when they first moved in isn't their favorite anymore. And I said, the same thing will be true about a home that you buy. So showing up and immediately doing a full gut and remodel on it. Oftentimes I have conversations with clients where they say, gosh, I really wish I had just lived in it for a little bit first, because I would have had a better understanding of how the sun comes and goes in this room. And I would not have split flopped a floor plan. Um, so having that time to get to know your house, I tell every client, the house is going to be another relationship that you're going to have to manage and you're going to have to give maintenance and show affection and you know appreciation for. And I really believe that it is a mutual relationship and there's reciprocity there. That house can become a beautiful part of your life if you make sure you set yourself up to be able to appreciate it. It should not be just this painful factor in your life that you, you drive away on your way to work every day, shaking your fist in the rearview mirror, thinking if it wasn't for you, house, I could be living a better lifestyle. I really believe it, it's the opposite. And I want everyone to return home from whatever it is that they do. And every time they drive up to their house, feel a sense of comfort and peace and happiness. And that's what I think homeownership is really about. So thank you both to Marcel and Avery. It was ex exciting to be able to have conversation with you and the many, many other people who reached out to talk to me about how this question sort of changed what it is that they were looking at. And it really was a conversation about getting comfortable with their own information and fact finding. Um, so some of the facts that came out that I want to make sure that we highlight on this show, getting formal pre-approval is totally free. 
There is no cost to do this for you. There is a full credit check. So we will do a hard inquiry credit check. This is absolutely required in order to understand your credit position. We are not just looking at your credit score. We're also looking at your credit history. Now, for some people, that was a little bit shocking. And people at the, the higher end of the market who don't utilize a bunch of credit in their lives and day-to-day lives were really baffled to find out that they might have challenges qualifying because they don't utilize enough debt. I had one gentleman who only had one credit card that he used, period, and was shopping in or what would have been a higher uh, loan bracket in jumbo lending. And that was a limitation because most jumbo investors want to see that you have three open and active accounts or trade lines, as we call them. And so that was really eye-opening for him that he was underutilizing the benefits of debt. Debt is a necessary faction in this environment. You must utilize debt and you need to learn how to use debt to your advantage. And there's definitely some tricks to that process, um, but that was definitely something to take into consideration. You do want to provide your documentation. You absolutely don't want to tell someone what you think your qualifying income is. You want them to do the review and understand it. You want to provide your taxes and your bank statements and understand that anyone who's taking in these documents in this capacity is doing so with full security of your information. We're going to take a break and we'll be back in just a moment. You're listening to Mortgage Matters with Nisha. This is Mortgage Matters with Misha with financial services expert, Misha Dimitruk. All right, we are back. In today's mortgage terminology that I break down for you, I want to talk with you about high cost loans. Now, high cost loans have a couple of different definitions, but what mostly affects our market is a loan of more than $20,000 with points and fees that exceed 5% of the loan amount or a first mortgage with an annual percentage rate or APR that is more than 6.5 percentage points higher than the average prime offer rate. There's a couple of other applications in here, but these two are the main that really hit home for most people in our market. The reason I'm highlighting this, I've had conversation with a couple of, of potential clients that wanted to look at interest rates where they were looking at loans at no cost loans. And in a no-cost loan, the reason I highlight this is because the way that this is worded can be very misleading. There is no such thing as free money. It's just not real. A no-cost loan is generally perceived as not paying points and fees out of pocket. But that doesn't mean that you're not paying them. In a no-cost loan scenario, You are either taking a higher interest rate in order to get a credit back from your lender to cover the costs and fees associated with the loan, or you are getting a credit from the seller to be able to pay those costs for you. It is not the situation where you are not getting any uh, fees assigned to you. In a refinance, you can roll the costs of the loan and fees into the loan as long as there's value in order to do that. But in a purchase scenario, you can't directly add the costs and fees to the loan amount. So in the request for loans that don't carry costs and fees in a purchase environment, 
that what people are asking for is to take a higher interest rate. That higher interest rate will result in a credit to be able to cover those costs for the lender because there are hard costs that we actually have to pay out. The title and escrow costs, the appraisal costs, the government recording fees, uh, you know, we can itemize them all. But because of high cost loans, right now where interest rates are, we're not seeing a huge amount of credit available. Most interest rates are being sold at cost already. So the opportunity to obtain a no cost loan is not tangible because what happens is we surpass the thresholds of 5% of the loan amount in cost in order to, even for some people looking to buy down their loans, they can't buy down as deep as they would like because they exceed that cost. And for others, they can't take a high enough loan amount to cover all of the costs because A, there's no credits being given. Everything is being sold at a cost these days. And B, we couldn't give them that high enough rate because we would surpass the average prime rate offer. So it's a little bit confusing because it, of the terminology that's used, but it is really true that there isn't anything such thing as free money. And so the concept that you really want to look at is what's the best opportunity for you financially speaking. And I've had many conversations with people where they said, well, I'm getting a no cost rate quote from this big box lender. And I say, well, that's great. But did you ask them to break down what their costs and fees are? And they said, no. And so they, I, when competing for their business, I offer them showing them all of what their fees are. And I show them the rate difference and I show them the difference in what they would save on a monthly basis by paying their own costs and fees and having a much lower interest rate. Additionally, the opportunity to buy down an interest rate is still available, but it's not available to at some depths that we had previously because, again, of this high cost issue. So what we're running into is people who are saying, well, I, I want to be able to refinance down the road, but not have to have lost any money in the cost right now. And I appreciate that. That would lead me to relay over the concept of, well, then maybe you don't want to try buying down right now. Uh, you know, the concept of whether rates will come down or how far they will come down is truthfully unknown at this point. And all of the market predictors that we in the lending industry have been following for years and decades that would lead us to understand what certain economic reports and market conditions would equate to in terms of where rates would go or which direction we would be in haven't applied since pandemic hit. And so we're seeing, un I'm going to use it again, the U word, unprecedented change in our market. And so it's very hard to give clients a, an understanding of what will come next. But to be fair, we never knew what was coming next. We are only talking about what is the trends that we see and what the possibilities are. So having a conversation right now about buying a property, knowing that your finances work for the foreseeable future, setting yourself up for the strongest financial position possible, and maintaining flexibility to adjust your finances down the road, if those market conditions align for you, that's the best advice that we can all give right now is plan for the best, plan for the best opportunity to come our way and know when to recognize that so that we can be prepared for future market fluctuations. 
there are people out there right now who are buying with limited down payments in hopes of refinancing down the road. And what we're seeing already with a lowering of values is that people are running into challenges because the loan to value might not be there and they can't roll the costs of their refinance into that new refi loan because they don't have the value they need. So please, if you have questions, reach out to me right away. 831-435-0385. We'll take a break and be back in a moment. This is Mortgage Matters with Nisha. It's Mortgage Matters with Misha. Once again, here's Misha Dimitruk. All right, formal pre-approval. We touched on it a little bit earlier in the conversation, but I have had conversation with a few realtors and a few buyers who didn't understand the difference between pre-qualification and pre-approval. And then the definition of fully underwritten pre-approval. Pre-qualification is a credit pool, yes, but generally a conversation. How much money do you have in the bank? How much money do you earn? What would you like your payment to be? I've taken a look at your credit. Here's what I think you would qualify for based on what you've told me. Pre-approval is actual verification, including verification of employment, review of documentation of income, pay stubs, W-2s, tax returns, review of your asset statements, and an understanding a review of your credit profile. Again, a hard credit pull. Traditional pre-approval has generally for years been information put into an automated system where a loan originator takes the, the client's information and inputs it to a digital system. It's run through a specific program and an algorithm comes back having read the information saying, here's what they would be approved for. Formal, fully underwritten pre-approval means that that information, the documentation, the application itself, and those electronic findings get put to a live human to make sure that the income is calculated correctly. Because income on paper, what you take home on your pay stub and what you see in your pre-tax earnings may not all be eligible funds. So understanding what is and is not eligible income is really up to the underwriter. The loan originators who know their guidelines understand how to review that for themselves, but we always have to rely on the underwriter. They are the final say in the process. It's the review of their income and eligible income determination. It's the review of the assets, and it's a full credit underwrite, meaning everything for a buyer or a potential buyer has been reviewed, and an approval being issued by an underwriter says we have a, an approvable client. All we need now is an approvable property. In home lending, both the buyer and the property have to qualify. The home needs to qualify in that it has to meet certain standards and it has to meet a value position. The borrower, the buyer, they have to qualify. They have to meet certain standard positions where income, credit, assets, depending on the specific type of loan. Now, several of the um, Realtors that I spoke with this last week did not understand that you could actually have a fully underwritten formal pre-approval. They were fully aware about the difference between pre-qualification being not even most of the time worth their time because it doesn't mean that it's been reviewed to a a serious degree and pre-approval, which means documentation has been provided and things have been verified. 
but the difference between just a regular pre-approval that's been run through an automated system and fully underwritten pre-approval having been reviewed by an actual underwriter, that that's even an available option. It's in, very important for people to understand the difference because when I work with a client and they get a fully underwritten formal pre-approval and they put forth an offer to buy someone's home, I immediately call the listing agent and I relay to them the strength of their offer, that their file has been fully underwritten, formal pre-approval, income, asset, credit, employment history have all been fully verified and accepted by underwriting. And what that allows me to say is, we are in a great position from the buyer's perspective. How does the property qualify? So it puts the question back into the hands of the actual seller saying, is everything dialed in at your property? Are there any issues there? Is your title clear? Will the appraisal come back at value? Are there any things that needs anything that need to be remedied at the property in order for us to close? And really what it comes down to is the property itself. And so seldom is it such an issue when people are working with a listing agent that they haven't been given the professional advice about what needs to be done at a property in order to make it sellable. And so if you're working with a qualified listing agent and you receive a buyer's fully underwritten formal pre-approval, you can have confidence that someone has looked at this in a, a variety of layers. The initial loan originator has reviewed it. They have sent it on for deeper verification. Verification of the income and asset and employment have all been reviewed additionally by the underwriter, their credit history. And so there are very few pieces of that qualification that could fall apart. Now, they do. And, and we do have that problem where, you know, sometimes someone will lose a job as they're coming into closing or they'll get furloughed uh, as they're trying to get you know, their documents prepared. And so something within their personal qualification changes. But generally speaking, that formal, fully underwritten pre-approval says they have been vetted. And as long as some random situation does not occur, then this will be a closable transaction so long as the property is in the right position and properly documented. So please, everyone strive for that formal pre-approval. Again, it is entirely free fully underwritten, formal pre-approval. We're going to take a break and we'll be back in just a few. This is Mortgage Matters with Misha with financial services expert, Misha Dimitruk. All right. All of our investors out there, let's have your ear for a moment. I've been having a lot of conversation with clients wondering what's going to happen in the coming markets and how can they properly be prepared for this? The investors that I've been talking to who have been through downturned markets before have all relayed the same message to me. And that is they are stacking their cash and preparing for the opportunity to present itself. In every downturned market, there is an ability for people to capitalize. And when interest rates are high and prices get lower, people with cash flexibility will benefit more than those who may find themselves challenged by the current market for leveraging. Now, it's really important for people to understand that in the Bay Area, having an investment property has historically always been a good buy and a lucrative opportunity because the rents are just higher. 
the cost of living is higher. We have a large percentage of the population who work in high-end jobs. And there's, for one reason or another, there are about 40% of the population who will remain in the renter pool. So the ability for someone to take their money and apply it to a market that has a tangible asset. For some people, that's really what's, what's piquing their interest right now. And for those of you who are watching, your investments fluctuate and your 401ks sort of spiral again. Uh, you know, it's really the time to recognize what are you most comfortable with? And are you diversified uh, for particularly for investors? The ability to have a property that in tough times, even if their property was rented, they were still bringing in money, that it's a tangible asset. They can walk over and put their hand on it. And based on the national average of 4% market appreciation, national, and the Bay Area's average of 11% will take these last couple of years of historic growth sort of off the books and just talk about the average. Because again, I want to remind our listeners that real estate is a long-term investment and the opportunity to gain profit from it is generally looked at over the long haul, unless you are someone who has deep pockets looking to do flip projects and has history in understanding how and when and what to do. For the average consumer and even the average real estate investor, the ability to purchase a property and turn around, make modest updates to it if necessary. Most of the time, the updates that are made are generally to make it more sturdy, uh, not really making it more high-end not necessarily making it flashier, but something that will have more durability for renters. And so they don't have to replace it as often or that it's something that isn't as fragile. Those investors that are out there that I've been talking to have all been relaying to me that they believe as the prices come down, we're going to see properties that have been sitting and negotiation going to be taking place. And their ability to capitalize on this because they have cash accesses is going to be key. Now, none of these investors anticipate paying all cash for their properties. They are going to leverage because leveraging is smart. They're going to utilize their cash for what's needed to acquire the property because they have the benefit of higher rents in this market. So they know that they don't have to pay cash for a property or that they can, at least if they have to pay cash in order to get their offer accepted, they can turn around and refinance right away to extract some of their equity in the form of cash so they can turn around and make yet another investment. And this is how money makes money. It isn't just paying cash for everything and saving every penny until you can afford to pay it all in cash. It really is about utilizing the cash you have access to and appropriate smart leveraging. So if you are in the market to shift your investments, from the intangible to the tangible. If you are looking at this market and thinking, gosh, 40% of the population will remain a renter, I can, I can participate in this. You have the ability to set up yourself for long-term growth and long-term income opportunity by purchasing an investment property. And it doesn't have to be specifically here in the Bay Area, it can be anywhere, but the Bay Area on the whole has a higher rental population and a higher rental market for income purposes. So it's really a great time for you to understand what the benefits out there are for you 
what the opportunities are for you. There's flexible financing when it comes to real estate investing. Buying an investment property actually has less restrictions than a primary residence because it lacks the qualified mortgage take, which is we have to prove that you make enough money in documented income to be able to make the payment. Investment properties do not have that. What we do look at is other ways of understanding that you have a, a sound position to be at. Uh, the debt service loan is probably the top option when it comes to investment property purchases. And that's really, does the property appraise at purchase price? Do you have a, a limited number of months of reserves in your arsenal, funds not being used in the transaction? And does the property cover its own expenses with the projected market rent? Now, I've talked with clients who have been looking to buy short-term rentals or vacation rentals, and we do have loans specifically for that. So if the monthly rent in a long-term rental situation would not cover the expenses, but because you plan to vacation rental it or short-term rental it, it will cover, and then some, there are loans out there for you. Give me a call if you have questions. We're gonna take a break and be back here in just a moment with my favorite part of the show, this week's challenge. It's Mortgage Matters with Misha. Once again, here's Misha Dimitruk. All right, Bay Area, you know, if you listen to this show, this is my favorite part because I, this is where I get to speak directly to the community and to get your input back. So this week's challenge is really about preparing for the success of your 2023. Do you already have your budget put together? I, I think I heard people cringe right when I said that because really preparing in advance and making sure that you achieve your goals is, is about the details. And so making it known what your budgetary needs are for the coming year, what you can foresee, understanding what your projected savings is, how you're managing your debt. Are you effectively managing your debt? Are you leveraging appropriately? Are you utilizing rewards and perks available to you? Overall, I want to understand from you how it is you are setting yourself up for your financial success in 2023 and making sure that you leave flexibility in there for shift and change. Obviously, these last few years, we've had, un I'm going to say it again, oh, unprecedented change and shift within the markets, within finance, within society and culture and the economy, and having flexibility and having a fallback plan, not just a plan B, but a plan C, D, and E might actually be something that people are more aware of now than ever before in the history of keeping track of having plans A, B, and C. It's really important to me to talk with my clients about maintaining flexibility, about not setting themselves up for failure by ensuring that they look at all of the aspects of their life realistically. In the loan qualification process, we don't take into consideration what your grocery needs are. Whether you have a specific set of dietary needs, whether you have a specific physical regimen that you need to follow in order to stay whole within yourself. If you need that yoga class, if you need that Bikram class, uh, if, you know, if you need to have that gym membership, those are not things that are taken into account in, in the traditional loan process. They are things that I ask my clients to look at. It, whether or not you uh, need to have cutting edge technology or whether you need to have cutting edge fashion. These are important aspects and learning about yourself and your personal spending habits 
can also help you understand where to make cuts that would allow you to save for that rainy day flexibility fund. It's really important that people understand that this savings aspect of their life needs to be implemented. And there are a a large number of calculations that come into play and all financial advisors will set you up with a X number of dollars or a certain percentage of your take home needs to immediately go off towards savings in order to prepare for the possibilities of the future. Not just retirement, not just that future purchase acquisition, but just to have cash savings. The average American household they say, the the internet, the wider internet has relayed that one $600 unexpected automobile repair in a month can send a family into financial peril for 12 months. So one expense can send a family for an entire year. And if nothing else happens, they can get back on track. But if anything else happens, it could disrupt every aspect of their financial life. The objective with this week's challenge is really understanding what your financial picture looks like. Set yourself to the task of laying out a budget, understanding what all of your expenses are. Take into consideration toothbrushes and face wash and shampoo and oil changes for the car and repairs for the car, clothing expenditures. I had one woman who said she was an avid gardener. We had to come up with a budget for potting soil and Um, landscape irrigation supplies because she had to redo the irrigation on an annual basis because of hard water. So we really take a look at all of the pieces of your finance and don't discount any aspect of what it is that you need in order to make your life happy. Include that on there, budget for it, and then you will have the opportunity to be flexible within your own budget. All of this, obviously, to help you prepare for the future and to be happy with what it is that you have because you understand and everything's under control. I remind people all the time that if they have healthy habits, they don't have to be stressed about looking at the numbers every single day. If you have healthy credit habits, you don't have to look at your credit score every day. If you have healthy eating habits, you don't have to get on the scale every day because you know you're doing those right things to maintain the healthy lifestyle that you believe in. And that's really important for me to learn from my clients to help them ensure that I help them with their goals. I don't make any decisions in this process for you. I provide you with the information and education you need to make informed decisions that you feel good about for yourself and your family. And learning how that would be applying to you in your life is what my job is. If you need help, if you need guidance, if you're looking to posture yourself for a purchase or an acquisition or a refinance down the road, but you're not right there at the moment, or even if you're just looking at what's possible for you in the future, please don't hesitate to reach out to me. Whether you're in California or outside the state, whether you're planning on staying or looking to leave, the professionals here at Essex Mortgage can absolutely support you. And we look forward to that opportunity. My phone number again, 831-435-0385. My email, M-E-S-H-A at EssexMortgage.com. You can also find me on Facebook or LinkedIn. This show does rebroadcast tomorrow from 6 to 7 and Sundays from 3 to 4. But again, if you need personalized information and everything in this industry is personalized to you, don't hesitate to let me know. I'm here for you and I look forward to the opportunity to be of service. While you're out there enjoying the beginnings of your holiday cheer, I hope everyone remembers to stay safe 
and uh, be kind to everyone that they encounter. It's always a pleasure, Bay Area. Again, I am here for you if you need anything whatsoever, and I look forward to it. Let's also remember, uh, please, no matter what retail offers you percentage-wise, don't open that new credit card just willy-nilly at the stand with a line of 40 people behind you. That's your personal information being relayed right there. And you want to keep that private, but you also want to guard how many accounts you actually open. There's lots of coupons available online that might give you the same benefit as that opening a new account offer. So please feel totally comfortable letting those retail people know that you are not interested in opening any new accounts. Uh, likewise, my favorite commercial this time of year is the car. You show up with a car with a giant bow on it. That's someone paying a car payment for you. So if they've either saved the money in their pocket or they've now set you up for a payment, that's not necessarily the best gift ever. Stay well and healthy Bay Area. I'll be back next week. This is Matters with Misha. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.